0: It's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Kearney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. Thank you for joining with me and listening to a message of God's Word. I pray that it will be beneficial to you. If you have any questions or comments regarding this lesson, or any of the lessons that we put forth, uh, feel free, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, to leave comments in the comment section. If you're listening through some other means, uh, you can call or text me at 816-686-9517. That's 816-686-9517. And I do live in the central time zone. You can also email me at gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. That's gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. We endeavor to come to you every Thursday evening at 7 p.m. and every Sunday evening at 6 p.m., trying to bring a message from God's Word. We pray that you benefit from this and we ask that you double check us to make sure that the message that's being presented is in accordance with God's Word. And if you agree, then help us in spreading the message. Give us a like on Facebook and YouTube, and then share this message with as many people as you can so that we can take this message around the world. It needs to be sounded forth so that other people can benefit from this. Okay, let's go ahead and and jump into uh, our lesson this evening. Uh, This lesson we're going to talk about this evening is something that... um, it's kind of come to my mind. I've had people come to me talking about how difficult they think Christianity is uh, for them. They think it's easier for other people, but for them, they think it's pretty difficult and they think that Christianity should be easy. They, they listen to many of the, what I call false preachers that are on the internet and, and radio and TV and, And they tell them about the peaceful message of God and how peaceful it is serving God. And they seem to come to the realization that they think that serving Jesus is going to be an easy thing. Well, we're going to set that message straight tonight because it's not easy being a Christian. It's a very difficult thing to put aside the... the, uh, Uh, the worldliness that we're accustomed to, and put on Christ and start following him. And so we're going to talk about that this evening, and hopefully this will be beneficial to you. The title of the lesson is Fighting the Good Fight of the Faith. And if you're watching on Facebook and YouTube, you see a a couple of people, uh, soldiers, uh, medieval uh, knights, I guess you'd say, Medieval knights who were engaged in battle, and it reminded me. Looking at this, it reminded me of the uh, battles that Christians have with Satan. You know, in First Peter five, he's described as our adversary, and we truly do have a, a very difficult adversary, and one that uh, is constantly waging war. And so, we have to keep that in mind when we're thinking about our life with uh, with Jesus Christ. So let's go ahead and pop in here, and let's look at the text of our lesson, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and 11 and 12. Notice the wording that Paul uses to Timothy, and his wording to Timothy throughout this text and the next text, the second letter of Timothy, was to encourage him in his preaching. He says, As for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. And then he said, fight the good fight of the faith. Fight the good fight of the faith. Now, let that phrase sink in your mind. Paul is telling Timothy that what he's engaged in is a fight. And when I think of that word fight, I think of something that is a struggle. That's something I'm going to have to be engaged in. And, you know, it's it's something that has to be overcome. He calls it a good fight, meaning that it's worthy to be engaged in this battle, but it's still a battle nonetheless. And then when we go to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 3 and 4, when it starts off talking, reminding us about Jesus, he says, consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint hearted in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Now, again, let's be careful. Let's make sure that we recognize the wording that the writer uses in your struggle against sin. Okay, the, the, our text of our lesson talked about a fight, and now we're looking at a struggle. So does those two verses lend anyone to think that Christianity is going to be easy? Christianity is a struggle and a fight. And it's something that we have to uh, be prepared for, Be prepare, prepare ourselves for. It's not something that we have to uh, take lightly. That struggle comes as it's depicted by Paul in Galatians chapter 5, verse 24 and 25 when he says that the struggle comes because we are crucifying the flesh with its passions and desires. And those passions and desires can be defined according to John as, as the love of the eyes, the love of the flesh, and the pride of life. Those are our passions and desires. And that we have a habit, that before we are baptized into Christ, and we start to uh, put on Christ by learning his ways and adopting those things in our lives, you know, we we have a lifetime up to wherever it is that you've obeyed the gospel of fulfilling your passions. But now you're going to put those things aside because you're going to live for Jesus. You belong to Jesus, as Paul says here. That's You've given yourself up. You've crucified the old man of sin, and now you belong to Jesus. You are not your own. And so those things that you used to engage in have to be put away. They have to be crucified. They have to be done away with. And, again, that's going to be a struggle. That's going to be a fight. Uh, And what I like to compare it with is trying to lose weight. Uh, anybody who's ever tried to lose weight or tried to break any type of of habit that's not good for you, then then you understand the the problem that comes in with trying to do that. It's just it's a real struggle, and it takes real effort to try to change bad habits into good habits. But that's what Christianity is all about, and so we have to understand that going in. That this is not going to be easy. It is a work. It is going to take effort. We can't sit there and think to ourselves that Christianity is just all peaceful and good and and it's it's not. We are at war with with Satan. Now in Matthew chapter fifteen, and I'm using this passage to 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 tell to try to show the listener. how deep a struggle this is for him in trying to crucify the passions of the flesh. Jesus said this, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. Now, you know, one of the things that comes to my mind here is that I read this, it's just evil thoughts. Those other things you know, it's a very easy to, to notice that murder would be wrong, adultery would be wrong, sexual immorality. Those things that, you know, these mentions are things that people do and people can see and people know that are wrong. I mean, it's clear-cut in Scripture. But evil thoughts. Now think about that. Think about how hard that is to retrain your mind, as Romans uh, 12 and, and, and one and two talk about transforming your mind. Uh, that's, that's a hard thing to do. You're going to have to replace evil thoughts with good thoughts. And Jesus says, that means it's got to come from the heart. You got to change those things that are within to make sure that even the, your thoughts are pure boy, let me tell you something. Does that sound like that's easy to you? Now, for me, that sounds very difficult, but God has given us a blueprint on how we can do this, and so other than just rolling up our sleeves and getting to work, uh, that, that that's the effort that it's going to take from you. If we follow the blueprint that Jesus has left for us, then we have no excuse other than to say before the Lord on the last day, we didn't do the work. You know, just like the Israelites, you know, they they were charged with rebuilding the wall, uh, rebuilding the temple. Uh, we have to do our work. You know, Noah had to build the ark. We have to do our work, and this is the work that the Lord has given us to do. And it is quite a work. It's quite an undertaking. No doubt about it, but it can be accomplished. And so, for anyone to sit and listen to my sermon or anyone else's sermons that come from God's word and say, This is too hard, I can't do it. No, absolutely not. God has promised He will be with you. Uh, You can do this, God's not going to give you something that you cannot accomplish. But again, you've got to try. You have to put forth the effort. And so we're going to go through some points tonight and talk about what we need to do in order to fight that good fight of faith. And I think once we get finished, I think we're going to see that this is this is something that can be done. But again, we have to be willing to do it. So my first point being is we're, we're going to have to be able to recognize what sin is. Sin is a transgression of the law. In other words, God has told us what we should do, and if we don't do it, we have sinned before him. Ezekiel says, the soul that sins, it shall die. Sin is not a good thing. Sin is not your friend. Sin is something that the Lord cannot tolerate. He does not fellowship it, and it cannot be in his presence. Now, why that is, I don't know. I really don't. Uh, that is a mystery to me. I can be around people who have sinned. I can dwell with sinners. But uh, the Lord in heaven, no. That's, uh, he, he cannot do that. Uh, he can, uh, through the blood of Jesus, forgive sin. But as far as accepting sin, no. That's not something the Lord can do. And so we have to accept that by faith that the Lord is like allergic to sin, you might say. He just can't have it around him. And so if we want to have God in our life, we have to put off sin. And and I'm not saying that we do that perfectly all the time, because he has given us Jesus, the blood of Jesus, uh, so that we can repent, uh, we can confess, and receive forgiveness of sins. The Lord's promised to do that. But if you think you can have your cake and eat it too, you're wrong. Uh, The Lord's not going to accept that. And so with that said, we have to put aside sin. We have to put that away. That means we got to know what God wants because sin is defined by God. Sin is a transgression of his law. We have to be able to recognize sin, and who better to teach us what sin is than the Lord himself. In Romans chapter 7 and verse 7, when it was talking about the law of Moses and and what it was good for, he says, what then shall we say that the law is sin by no means? If it had not been for the law, I would have not have known sin. For I would not have known what it is to covet. If the law had not said, you shall not covet. So what he is saying basically is that the Lord taught the Israelites and us Christians today the world, what sin is, by his word. And it was the first starts with that word that was delivered through Moses. But now the word that's been given to us by the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ, we now know how the Lord defines sin. We have to go to the word. We have to go to his law to find out what that is. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, for instance, and verse 9 and, and through 12, This scripture talks about some of these things that took place in the Old Testament, and it talks how those who sinned were punished. Now, what's the purpose of that? It said these things happened to them as an example, and they are written down for our instruction. So we can go to the Bible and we can learn. For instance, we'll just take Leviticus chapter 10, Nadab and Abihu, We found out they were destroyed because they offered strange fire before the Lord that he did not command. Okay, why was that recorded? Well, according to 1 Corinthians 10 here, it was written down for our instruction. What's the instruction we're supposed to learn from that? That we should not be offering something to the Lord that he did not command. We need to be careful about that because if we violate one of God's commands, we've sinned. And so we need to be very careful about that. That's why it's written down for us. We learn that through the scriptures. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, Paul told Timothy in regards to recognizing sin, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. So we have to be able to, as uh, uh, was it Ezra or Nehemiah, in one of the We have to give the sense of the passage. We have to be able—that's uh, Nehemiah. 8. We have to be able to give the sense of the passage so that we can properly understand God's word. In other words, we have to be able to be able to in- interpret the scriptures correctly, and that only comes through handling the word of God. In other words, we have to study it. We have to read it. We have to look into it. We have to pray over it, and we have to work toward that. And that doesn't happen overnight. Everybody knows how thick the Bible is. There's a lot of there's a lot of words that make up the Bible. Uh, you, you're going to have to get busy at it. And it's your responsibility to know it. That's your manual for living your life on this earth. That's what the Lord has given you. And so you're going to use that manual to recognize sin. And then, of course, you want to shun it. You want to try to stay away from it. But when you recognize what sin is, that's going to help you fight the good faith of the faith. When Jesus, in uh, Matthew 4, went up to the wilderness to be tempted, what took place? He was tempted three times by the devil. How did he respond each time? It is written he was able to recognize the temptation Satan was setting before him as sin. How did he do that? He said, it's written. It's recorded. And so that's what we need to be able to do as well. We need to be able to recognize sin when it is set before us. If we can recognize sin, that's going to help us fight the good fight of the faith. But now, you gotta set your mind. You gotta make your mind up that you are going to fight this fight. Because a lot of times great endeavors are never even started because the mind is not set. That's not a good thing. When David was getting ready to leave this world, the the, the charge for the from the Lord to build his temple was given to Solomon. It wouldn't be David. And so David, as he was talking to the Israelites before he left, he, he wanted them to support Solomon in this endeavor. And notice what he said in 1 Chronicles 22 and verse 19 before he left this earth. He says, set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your, your God. And then he goes on and talks about building the sanctuary of the Lord. And so they ha- he wanted them to set their mind and heart toward God. And that's what we have to do as well. We have to set our mind to saying that we're going to do the work. We're going to do this. This is something that we have decided to do. And we see this again stated by Paul in Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6. Those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit set their mind on the things of the Spirit we to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. That's what we need to set our mind at. We need to set our mind on spiritual things, not on the things of the earth that are going to be destroyed, but the things of the spirit, which is, as he, Paul said, life and peace. How do we go about doing these things? Well, resisting with our minds the thoughts that are evil, the thoughts that are sinful. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything of excellence, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. We really need to be careful about what we let our minds sink into when we're on the internet, when we're watching TV, when we're listening to music. You know, are these things going to help us think about good things? That's something that we really have to take seriously if we're going to engage in this battle. Romans 13 and verse 14 says, make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. You know you know all too often we know when we're going to be tempted we know where we failed before but we don't do anything to remove ourselves from that temptation and I, I want to look as an example let's let's say there was a man who has uh, his his bad habit his his problem is to and he gets off work on a Friday night and he drives by the saloon and he, he gets drunk or he drinks a little bit. Now he knows it's going to have, that's the only way home. He has to drive by that saloon. What should he do? Well, if he knows it's coming, he doesn't want to make provision for the flesh. If there is a longer way home, he needs to make sure he drives around that way. But another way of doing it would be to stop down the street and pray Pray for the Lord's strength. Pray that the Lord would help him to keep driving by that saloon and not stopping. You know, and try to keep praying as you go by that saloon. Don't stop. Don't make a provision for the flesh. Don't give it an opportunity, in other words, to fulfill the things you're trying to destroy within yourself. Now, that can be accomplished but it's going to take work because all too often we want to make provision for the flesh. That's where the failure comes in. We make provision for the flesh. We can't allow ourselves to do that. So the best thing we can do is we make sure we're not watching uh, or hearing bad things or or taking part in in evil things, you know, fleeing from all appearance of evil. And that leads us to something we just mentioned, praying. That's another point, that we need to be engaged. We need to block. God has to help us in this battle or we're not going to win. In Matthew chapter 26 and verse 41, when Jesus was in the garden, the night he was betrayed, he told his disciples to watch and pray. Why? And he says that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. How often do you watch and pray? Do you pray that very thing? Are you praying like that man who stops the saloon? He should pray before he has to drive by that saloon. So he's not tempted to stop. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 and 7, do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understandings, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So let God know about it. Say, God, I'm having a trouble. I'm having problems with this. I don't want it to be a problem, but I need your help. Don't discount what he'll do. He can do a lot. All things are possible with God, but you got to let him know. You have to include him in your endeavor to fight this battle. In Matthew chapter 6, when Jesus was answering his disciples, they wanted to learn how to pray, and and he was teaching them to pray, and what many people call the Lord's Prayer. It's just a a prayer that he used to teach his disciples, but one thing that we can learn from in this prayer is what he prayed for, and one of the things that he prayed for was not to be led into temptation. He knew how dangerous this was, and we need to be praying for that. Lord, don't let us be led into temptation. Deliver us from the evil. So it's very important that we pray when we're fighting the good fight of the faith, and then finally, we're going to end with belief. We have to believe in the promise of God. We have to believe in what he says. We have to believe that this will work, or we're not going to, we won't even try it. It'll keep us from setting our minds on the task. In First Corinthians 10 and verse 13, Paul says, no temptation is overtaking you. That is not common to man, but God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So that man who has to drive, Past that saloon, he may be thinking to himself, I I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm going to stop. I know I'm going to stop. No, no. God is saying you can endure it. You can do it. Now, the way of escape may be another way home, but if that's not possible, you can endure this. You can keep driving past that saloon. Now, I'm just using that for an example. You can place any particular sin that you're having a problem with. And use that instead of my example. But you understand what I'm trying to get across. No temptation is <laughs> it, it, not common to man. No temptation's overtaking you that is not common to man, and God will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. You have to believe in that. In James chapter four, verse seven and eight. James even says that if we resist the devil he will flee from us. Resist him. And that's what Jesus proved when he resisted in the wilderness, uh, when he went up to be tempted by the devil, and the
1: devil tempted
0: him three times, he resisted him. And what took place? The devil, he left him for a season. And so it's not going to be constant, this temptation. If you resist, he will flee from you. You're, now, in other words, that temptation is going to leave you for a season. But you have to resist. You have to believe that. And you have to make a, a work toward resisting or fleeing the evil that's in front of you. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 through 10, Peter says, Be sober-minded and watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your the brotherhood throughout the world. And after you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Believe it. That is a promise of God. Believe in that. If you believe in that, you'll try God's way, and that will help you to defeat Satan in your fight for the good fight of the faith. Okay, that's all I have for you this evening. I hope it's been good for you. I'll leave you with 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 8. Paul said at the end of his life, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness with the Lord, the righteous judge, Will award to me on that day. Here's the best part of this. And not only to me, but also to all who loved his appearing. So, why can't you say that? Why can't you turn around and say, I have fought the good fight of the faith? You can. You can. If you do it Jesus' way, then you'll be able to say the same thing that the Apostle Paul says here in 2 Timothy chapter 4. That's my wish for you. Uh, My wish for you is that you will overcome the temptations that are befalling you and that you will look to Jesus and serve him. And on that last day, you will hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You know what? If you're ever in the Kearney, Missouri area, why don't you come and meet with us? We meet at 930 Sunday morning for Bible study, 1030 for worship. And uh, our address is 406 North Clark. And you can learn all about the church by going to carneychurch.com, And uh, invite you to do that. I'd love to meet with you. If you like this lesson, you want to hear more like it, tune to KPGZ 102.7 FM every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. If you are outside the Carney area and you cannot pick it up on your FM radio because the signal is not strong enough, uh, they do uh, stream it on their mobile device. You can listen to it that way. I am also putting these on Spotify and Google Podcast, And so whatever uh, platform you use to download and listen to uh, 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 whatever music or sermons or whatever you listen to, uh, look for us on there. There's a whole bunch of lessons on there that you can download and listen to as you're traveling or, or walking or jogging or
1: whatever it may be.
0: Uh Berean Spirits is an internet show I take part in every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. And you too can take part by going to carneychurch.com and pressing on the Berean Spirits uh or the Facebook or YouTube apps and uh every Thursday at 10 a.m. And you can make comments in the comment section and we try to include those in our live study. Now, if you cannot watch it live, don't worry, we do record it so that you can uh um, uh, still take part in listening and, and we also podcast that as well on the same platform so if there's a platform again that you use that we do are not on let me know and i'll try to get put on there okay that's all i have lord willing i'll come to you again this sunday evening at 6 p.m until then remember this is the day the lord has made let's rejoice in it and be glad this has been gospel preaching live Join us each week as truth is taught, faith is examined, and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes, and to watch past episodes, go to our website, CarneyChurch.com. This has been a work of the Carney Church of Christ.